Welcome to episode number four of Picks, Pucks, and Parlays. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing uh, the game seven between the Lightning and the Capitals. We're then going to move on to some Stanley Cup finals talk as we dissect Vegas and Washington in the finals. We're then going to move on to an interview with our friend Rocco uh, as we talk about Golden State and Houston and go over the Cavs and Celtics game tonight. I think you guys are going to like that interview. And uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode number four, Picks, Pucks, and Parlays. Just before we get into um, the Lightning and the Capital Series, unfortunately, I have to rhyme off our records uh, in betting this past week because, fortunately, Bays beat me for the first first week in the show. Um, so, so it's uh, about time. No big deal. No big deal. I'm very surprised that happened, and it's not like he beat me by a lot. But anyways, Baze's record since last episode in total, he went three and two. On NHL, he went one and zero, and then in NBA, he went two and two. Overall, his record sits at six and eight, which is not very good, with a winning percentage of forty-two percent. As for gotta, me, gotta get took, your dick in it. Yeah, I had to, you, I had to you say have something. To, you have to read out the record because you lost, but you still gotta get your dig in. Yeah, okay, I gotta, I gotta hype myself up a little bit here. But All right. There as for me, since last episode, a little bit of a little bit of a rougher week for me. In total, I went two and three overall. On NHL, I went zero and one, and then NBA, I also went two and two. So I sit eight and six overall with a fifty-seven winning percentage, which honestly can't be too mad about i think for nba i think we've basically had the same picks every time which is not not the greatest i guess no no real hot takes yeah actually nba all time we're both five and three we uh did we ever pick different i think we might have but i'm not sure on like i don't don't think so they're so uh predictable but anyways Yeah. yeah why don't we get into the Capitals and Lightning Game 7. We'll just wrap that up before we get into the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, so uh, Caps, Lightning, uh, Game 7 in Tampa. And uh, it was, again, I guess we've had three Game 7s in the uh, in the NHL playoffs this year. Playoffs. And it was it was uh, a second dud, including uh, the, huge dud. the Jets. Uh, the Jets-Preds one was a dud. And... Um, the other one actually was Boston Toronto, and that was quite a good game. That was high scoring, uh, eventful. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, Even so it then, ended. It's not like that game went down to the wire. Yeah, I guess not. Eh. I mean, it, well, it was I, a good game, it, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Washington comes out on top, four nothing. Um, just get it done. Another shutout for Holtby. Um, I had Washington. You had Tampa. No yes, big deal. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, That's why you went one zero. So yeah, Washington continues to play well on the road these playoffs, and uh, their record at home is really not that great. I think they're eight and two uh, on the road, but much worse at uh, at home. Um, so yeah, sets up for a good final. Yeah, no, that that game was. 
completely dead, but one thing I found interesting was, I think that might have been like the only game that the Lightning actually outshot the Capitals. And, you know, that was one of your main talking points about how, like, Lightning just aren't getting enough chances. And I guess this game, they started to. But then come the third period, I think, we were watching the game together, and I think it was more than halfway through, and I don't think they had a single shot on net yet. Which, yeah, that's just embarrassing. It was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was kind of shut down completely. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what to add to that game. The last goal the Caps have let in was uh, mid-second period of game five. So they're certainly playing uh, pretty well defensively. Um, and I mean, so, like the Lightning gave up three or four breakaways, at least, from what I remember. I think yeah. Vasi stopped two of them, but I think they scored at least... I know they scored at least one breakaway goal, but there was just some defensive breakdowns on the Lightning side, for sure. For sure. And, uh, yeah, so I guess somewhat transitioning into the final, I would say the storyline of the final would be uh, Vegas has been incredible at home, and Washington has done most of their work on the road, so all these games in Vegas are going to be sort of a clash of uh, both teams' strengths and uh, who can really win that battle in Vegas. And I mean, just to go off what you're saying, the second headline would probably be the goaltending matchup. We've got two very hot goaltenders going head-to-head against um, the Capitals, who are known to be a pretty offensive team, and then against Vegas, who is more of a defensive team, I would say, is their strength points. But uh, do you want to start off this analysis yeah. here? Yeah, so um, Stanley Cup Final will start tomorrow night, Monday night. Um, and the well, I'll just read off the lines for Game 1. Washington is at plus 125. Vegas is minus 145, uh, which makes sense. Um, Vegas will be coming off a eight-day rest, I think. And Washington has had four... Four, uh, five four days or five days off. Um, so two rested teams, Vegas slightly more so. Um, the series price is the Caps are slight underdogs at plus 110. Uh, Vegas is minus 110. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to start off with some opinions or should I yeah, get no, into it? Yeah, um, no, just looking at the line, I personally think that Vegas at minus 145 is a little bit a little bit steep of a line for a game one, especially with eight days of rest, whether you can get into how they do off rest. But just looking at that, I think it's a little bit high of a line, so I don't see a lot of value in taking Vegas in game one. That being said, after you read off your stats, it's going to scare me away yeah. from taking Washington as well. Um, so in terms of money lines for game one, I think it might be best just to stay away and like kind of gauge how this series is going to go. Um, you know, maybe put something small on whichever team you think is the favorite, but for the most part, I would say just, you know, stay away, kind of watch to see how the series is going to go. And then, before I get into anything else, the over-under sits at 5.5, and, and before we started recording, I was talking to Bayes that I think I see a lot of value in taking the under, because, as I've said, it's a goaltending matchup. We've got Vegas, very defensive team, and then Washington, a more offensive team. So in this series, I think I'm going to start looking into that under, but I'll hand it back over to you. 
Yeah, so um, my sort of strategy to attacking this series would also be avoid money line in at least the first game and sort of see get a sense for it. Um, but I have some other lines to consider. Also for a series line, I don't think I would uh, take anyone yet in yeah. uh, series line, sort of see how some games go, see if your team can kind of, well, if you really feel strongly about one team winning, maybe they'll lose game one and get a better line. But with um, that being said, um, if you are thinking of taking Vegas, I would probably recommend taking this, it now. Yeah, this could be the best time to take Vegas for sure because uh, you got to think they'll at least get a split at home. Uh, prob- you know, They may get two wins, and at which point their, uh, their well, line will be unbettable. Yeah. Um, but... So as for some other lines to take, though, I've got some stats here. Um, Vegas in the first period at home, these playoffs, are 7-0-0. So they haven't even tied a first period. That stat they've, is just crazy to me. They've, they've won every single first period. I think each time it's been uh, by one goal, but still, they're always... Uh, e- sorry, each time except for uh, the next game I'm going to talk about... Uh, after nine days off uh, beating L.A. in the first round, they came back at home and played game one against San Jose, and they scored four goals in the first period and won that game 7 nothing. So if you're thinking Vegas is not the favorite after uh, eight days off and maybe they'll be sort of too much rest, uh, I don't buy into that theory at yeah, all. Yeah, no, it's, um, uh, just to interrupt you there, I found that very interesting too because we were talking yesterday and I was telling him, he was asking me, what are you thinking for Washington-Vegas game one? And, and I think he was even thinking this before he looked into the lines, but you know, any team coming off eight days of rest, you'd think like, oh, they're going to be cold. You know, the first period, it's going to take them a while to get into the game and stuff. But then after reading that stat... Um, I've already actually locked in Vegas first period at plus 155. So yeah, there. Yeah, and just in contrast, um, on the road in the first period, Washington, uh, these playoffs are four two and four. Uh, so that's actually quite good for um, a road record in the first period. Um, uh, but you know, definitely not seven zero and zero. Wash just to continue on that thought. Uh, Vegas is six and one at home in the playoffs. Uh, Washington is eight and two on the road. So that speaks to what I was saying earlier about the real sort of clash of the top teams will be those games in Vegas, uh, where you have a really good home team playing a really good road team. Um, the longest break that Washington has had these playoffs, um, was four days off, which is quite similar to what they have now, and they came into Tampa after four days off. Uh, Tampa had lots of rest going into that game, uh, and Washington won 4-2. So that's another sort of reason why I wouldn't take any line in Game 1. It's sort of like uh, two teams that are sort of have shown that this is the situation they're comfortable in, uh, and it's a bit of a, a, a pick-em. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really going to be hard to gauge um, how these two teams are going to play against each other in Game One for sure. Um, as I've said, I really think that it's gonna it's gonna be like um, 
Winnipeg and Vegas. I think Washington is a lot like Winnipeg in the sense that they're a top-heavy team. Uh, most of their play comes from the front end and their offense. And so if they're struggling to score, I think that Vegas is going to... You know, as we've seen, Vegas is best at capitalizing on their opportunities. And so if... Washington isn't scoring very often. Vegas is going to take advantage of the few chances they have, and they're going to score just like they did against Winnipeg. I don't know if you want to add on to that. Yeah, no, uh, I completely agree. The lines I'd probably take in game one would be, as you were saying, um, you know, that first period line for Vegas with sort of uh, a small amount on that. And then also the under is, uh, is a great play with two hot goalies coming in. Um, you got to think, even if Vegas loses the series, uh, but Flurry plays well, you've got to think he'll probably win the Conn Smythe. Uh, although you never know the voters whether they would actually go for a uh, a player on a team that doesn't win the Cup. Uh, but you got to think he's been the MVP of the playoffs so far. Yeah, and just to go off that, I'm going to read you off um, both goalie stats just to compare them. So to start off. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, he's started in 15 games. He's got 12 wins in the playoffs, 3 losses, um, 27 goals against in 15 games, which comes out to a 1.68 goals against average, which is just crazy in the playoffs. Um, His save percentage is .947, and he's got 4 shutouts so far, which is just, those are crazy numbers in the playoffs. And then... We compare him with Holtby. He started in 18 games. He was pulled for one. Um, his record is 12 wins and 6 losses. He's got a 2.04 goals against average, which is still you know, something to brag about, and a save percentage of .924 with two shutouts. So both these goalies have you know, really crazy numbers in my opinion. Both goalies have done what they need uh, for their team to win. But, I mean, Flurry is just, those numbers are crazy. Like, you you just don't see that in the playoffs. Yeah, just insane. Um, and just to add on that, um, you got to think it'll probably be a split out of these first two games. So if we don't do an episode before, uh, before uh, game two, I guess that would be. Um, game two if- is going to be on Wednesday. Yeah, and I would say it would be a good play to bet whoever does not win game one especially take if, game two. Especially if Vegas loses, but I mean, Vegas I think the line, line be, is going to be like crazy. But you got to think they'll be minus 160 if they yeah, lose was, game one. I but, was just thinking that too. But even look at reg, uh, regulation win on that, or maybe. Um, you never know. Um, so just before you wrap up, um, this series, why don't we get your series predictions from from you? So, it's a tough one to say uh, serious prediction when goalies are so hot, because you could have uh, five tight games, like tight, low-scoring games, and it'd be over in five. Um, but I think, I think it'll probably go longer than that. I think I'm going to say... Uh, I think I'm going to take... I really want Washington to win, but I think to be more maybe smart about it, I think I'm going to take Vegas in uh, six. 
Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'd love to see Ovi hoist the cup, and just the way he's played um, in that Lightning series, like, it's really hard to, you know, bet against him. He has this look in his eyes, like, he is just determined to win. But then, like, there's also the fact that I kind of feel like, you know, winning, uh, do you know what that trophy was called? Like, the West or Eastern Conference trophy? I, I do not know but which one's that. Anyway, that's just called. him winning that it seemed like he like won the cup and i'm just wondering if he's still going to have that same motivation because you know you mentioned he was like taking like selfies with it and stuff yeah did you see him he, he uh, got it on the plane i think yeah they flew they flew back to washington last night and a whole bunch of fans went to the airport to see them and he gets off the plane holding the trophy the conference champion trophy and like showing it off to fans and letting them touch it so yeah, so I, there's definitely me, that's a that's a little scary for sure. Exactly. To me, it's kind of like you know you're you're only like halfway there. You're about to face you know the number one team who's gone through the playoffs like very easily. It so is now is not the time to be um, you know flaunting your conference final trophy. By far their toughest competition so far. You have Tampa, who was basically asleep for the first two games yeah. uh, in their series. Uh, they started off with Columbus, who uh, they lost the first two games at home to Columbus, uh, but they were not uh, tough competition. They never, they couldn't win a game at home. Uh, and who did they have round two? They had um, Pittsburgh. So actually, Pittsburgh was a tough test, but you got to think that uh, the, fatigue... the finals. Well, I mean, they've won won the yeah. Stanley Cup the past two years, and they've been in the playoffs for how long? So they're. You, you gotta think fatigue got to them, and Murray wasn't great either. They you, they've got to be kicking themselves seeing Flurry play so well, and Murray sort of struggle down the stretch. And I mean, um, Malkin was playing injured as well. Yeah, Malkin missed a couple of those uh, games, so you you'd be crazy to think that uh, they've played a series anything close to as tough as uh, this final will be for them. Yeah, and I mean, again, like those are all teams where I think that are also top heavy. They haven't really played a team that, you know, plays defense first. And so I think that's going to be a really tough task for Washington to compete with. Because it's also a they're team... not very good on the back end. Yeah, and you got to think, like, Vegas just seems to be able to, comfortable to play anyone in basically any situation. So everyone's going to be well-rested. Obviously, that top line will be playing quite a lot. Uh, but after that, lines two through five, uh, four uh, will be they'll be rested, and I think Washington's going to have to lean on their top lines for more minutes than uh, Vegas will. Vegas just has so much depth; it's crazy. Like guys scoring that you haven't heard their name for like three years, and they're you know they're just out there working their asses off, and and it's really shown for them. But uh, not to get away from the series prediction, I think I'm going to say Vegas in seven. Um, I think Washington is going to put up a strong fight, but I just I just can't see them beating Vegas. You know, it's yeah. I've bet against Vegas so much this year and lost so much that it's just too hard for me to say that they're not going to win. For sure. And then just... Uh... Because we have to for our records for this podcast, we'll look for some predictions for game one. But again, I don't think either one of us are taking um, game one, uh, like money line or anything. Yeah. Uh, but for myself, game one, I was, I'm very tempted to go uh, one nothing Vegas just because I think it's going to be a goalie battle. 
Um, but one nothing is such a tough prediction to make. So I'm going to end up going with, uh, I'll go 3-1 Vegas. And for me, I think um, kind of similar to what he's saying. It's going to be a close one. I don't see it being a offensive showdown. But on the other hand, when I see a long break, I would kind of, you know, tend to see a high-scoring game. But because it's game one of the Stanley Cup Finals, I think it's going to be low-scoring. I'm going to stick with a 2-1 Vegas win. Um, I'm going to stay away from both money lines. I don't see much value there. As we discussed, we are going to be taking the first period money line at plus 155. And the other play I will probably look into is going to be the under 5.5 in the game. I think that pretty much wraps up our NHL talk. Actually, got anything else you want to touch on? I've just got one more. Uh, thinking about our predictions and the way we're thinking about it, I may also look into the team total under for Washington. Yeah, I think that's a great call, especially with the numbers that uh, Flurry's put up. I think for game one, it would probably be either like 2.5 or 2, but at 2.5, I think the line might be unbettable. Now we're going to transition into some NBA playoffs talk if you want to start that off, Baze. Yeah, so we were going to um, we were going to have Rocco, our friend Rocco from Twitter, on the show. Uh, but unfortunately, he was on last Saturday. But unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties um, recording the three of us for that segment uh, today. So we'll I'll just read out the lines first for the Cleveland uh Boston Game 7, which is tonight. Uh, and then you can maybe uh, read out uh, Rocco's main thoughts on the game. Um, so the line is Boston is, uh, well, it's quickly a quickly changing line, uh, but we currently see it at uh, Boston being 2.5 uh, point favorites, uh, and the over-under is set at 199. Uh, so maybe... Kyle, you could just let us know what Rocco's thoughts were. Yeah, so earlier today we recorded with Rocco, but unfortunately, uh, as Bay said, we had some technical difficulties, so I kind of just took um, some of his main points that he had for tonight's game, and then also, once we talk um, Houston and Golden State, he gave us some points. But for tonight's game, um, Rocco was saying that he planned on taking the Boston money line, mainly because... Um, he was saying that Cleveland's supporting cast just didn't didn't have what it takes, basically, and uh, just l- relying on LeBron isn't going to be enough, as good as he's going to be. And especially with Kevin Love out, it's just going to make it even tougher um, for Cleveland to win. Um, he was also leaning towards the over, although he wasn't overly confident in it. And if he said, if you're looking for a first-half play, um, the under 101 in the first half of the game would be uh, something he'd like to play. And then uh, why don't we give our predictions and some insight. You want to go first? Yeah, so um, my main thoughts about this game are um, it's a sort of tough one to call because Boston's been so good um, at home throughout the playoffs. Um, they've really been able to dictate the play uh, and keep it sort of defensive and low scoring uh, at home. Um, but then I also sort of feel like um, I always bet against LeBron in the big games because I, I really am not a LeBron fan. I can attest um, to that. 
but I, I feel like I've maybe learned my lesson and know that um, LeBron has that next level in a game seven, do or die to uh, get to the finals yet again. Uh, I I would be le- I'm going to lean towards uh, the Cavs taking the game, even with Love out uh, and being in Boston. Uh, LeBron's just burned me too many times. Um, it, it should be a close game, uh, certainly because um, uh, well, just Boston's been so good at home, uh, and without Love, it'll be a close game. LeBron's really going to have to uh, carry the Cavs on his back yet again. Uh, but if I had to pick tonight, I think I'll probably be on um, the Cavs to win the game, money line. Uh, and if the Cavs are going to win, you'd also have to think that it's going to go over uh, 199 because a Cavs win should mean uh, a more offensive game. If As it gets to a lower uh, scoring games, you've got to think Boston uh, is favored in that situation. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, and just a side note before I get into this, uh, the Dodgers just scored a big run. I don't know if you uh, noticed that, but that's a huge no run way. for our parlay. That's huge. Although, We're, uh, as I say just, that, the Mets also just scored. So no, they didn't. Yeah, so it's eight seven now. But um, anyways, so to get back just, on track, just oh, for the yeah, listeners to understand what that means, uh, we're starting to uh, follow some MLB and we're starting to make some plays ourselves. Um, but we're probably not gonna. We're going to give it a while before we talk in the podcast about it or suggest any plays, uh, just because MLB is so hard to uh, predict. We don't want to be just going out there and uh, giving you sort of random plays. So that's why we're uh, we're starting to follow some MLB. But back to the uh, yeah, Cleveland-Boston game. So um, for tonight, uh, it's going to be a really interesting game, I think. Um, you know, as you said, the Celtics are just so good at home. And I mean... Um, Brad Stevens is such a good coach that they're going to be ready for the game. But that being said, you can't bet against LeBron. I mean, like, how can you bet against him after last game? He drops 46 points. He's making it look easy out there, draining back-to-back threes. He looked like he ran the show. And they played most of that game um, without Kevin Love. So I honestly think that they can do it tonight. I personally already have a big play on them tonight. So... There's no doubt I'm going to say that the Cavs win. You just can't beat LeBron in a Game 7, in my opinion, no matter how good the Celtics are at home. Either way, I think it's going to be a great game. I'm very excited to watch it. And, uh, yeah, you were also saying to me um, before the show that like uh, the Cavs over 98.5 would be a really good play, and I honestly agree with that because, as you mentioned, like if, if they win, it's going to be a fast-paced game. If... Boston wins, they're going to slow the pace down, and that's probably going to lose. So it's, it's kind of a night where you could win big or lose big type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, the reasoning behind uh, me thinking uh, over 98, uh, 98.5, I think it was, uh, was because um, basically I think the Cavs are going to win, and if the Cavs win, I think it'll for sure hit. Um, but I'm just hoping that. Uh, you know, they it, if they happen to lose the game, maybe you get you make some of it back by them going over ninety eight point five. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a thing where it could hit if they lose. Although I think that that's pretty unlikely, just looking at the games they did lose, because those games Cleveland really dominated the defensive game and kind of shut them down. 
But no, you're right. Even if they did lose, there would still be a chance. Yeah, for sure. So um, transitioning into the Golden State-Houston uh, game, I think we're kind of done with Cleveland, right? Yeah, I'm ready to move on. Um, so that game will be tomorrow night. I think it's uh, I think it's an 8.30 tip-off again, maybe 9. Um, so for that game, Golden State is six-point favorites. Uh, the over-under is set at 2.09. Uh, before we get into our own thoughts, uh, how about you uh, maybe read off some of uh, Rocco's well, thoughts? Well, before that, why don't we talk yeah. about last night's game? Right. Um, sure. So last night, last night was a big night for us. You know, we it was. Um, so we took the Warriors' first half over, which was set at fifty-eight. We took full game over, which was set at one thirteen, and then we also ended up taking. The third quarter. So, after watching the first quarter, we were pretty nervous. I mean, I think what Houston won it 36-19, something something along those lines. Everyone was shocked. Um, second quarter, it didn't really get much better. But then, I don't know. You want to take it over from there? Yeah. So then, where? Well, we really turned it up on the uh, on the betting side of things, but also the. Uh, at the same time, the Warriors did too. Uh, we took uh, third quarter. Uh, I think minus uh, the Warriors were minus six. Uh, and as well, maybe it'll help you out, the listeners at home for Game Seven, if they're maybe down or something. Uh, but the Warriors have insane third quarter numbers. Um, I think something like their their dire- differential in the playoffs is like plus. Uh, 99 or something like ridiculous um in the third quarter uh anyway so we took that on the gambling side side we hammered it we hammered it uh and that was an easy play i think they won that quarter by like 16 or something um and so and they really just dominated that second half steph finally woke up um it was you know a tale of two teams coming out slow in the first half and then just dominated in the second half. Um, Houston only had 25 points in the whole second half, which is crazy. Yeah, that was just embarrassing. Um, so Steph and crew really, um, you know, showed why they've been a championship team. Well, at least a finals team for the past few years and will be for, well, at least in contention for the next few years. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting to see, like, how hot and cold they can get. I mean... We were talking first uh, half, like, Steph was just brutal. I mean, he couldn't hit a shot for his life. At one point, he was one for seven on field goals, I think. And then second half, he was just a totally different player, and he took over. I mean, he was hitting shots. He had that cockiness and swagger back. You know, there was one there was one three he hit where he shot the ball and then turned around and started running back immediately, like, that's just so cocky and confident and it was totally unlike the first half because he was getting pretty frustrated there was one point him and clay got a defense like they mixed up positions and they scored and he was like like you could see his body language he was pissed off and then you know he comes out second half just firing all cylinders yeah so then you gotta think uh you gotta think all the momentum is in uh golden state's favor as we transition into game seven uh it looks like probably no paul and again in game seven 
so, and after sort of a collapse of a second half for the Rockets, you'd got, you'd got to think it's going to be uh, require like a miracle for the yeah, Rockets I mean, to uh, you gotta to win the game Rockets, seven. Though in their first in their first half, I mean they played exceptionally. Eric Gordon hit like so many threes. His shooting was great beyond the arc. James Harden hit a couple threes and he played outstanding as well. So, you know, you got to credit them for that first half, but then to play like that in the second half, I I just don't I don't get that. Um, it's yeah. so inconsistent. But um, I, why don't I read off Rocco's um, picks for this game? Sure. All right. So Rocco was saying that uh, Golden State at minus six is a pretty solid play, especially with. Paul out. I mean, it's a great line in my opinion as well. Um, he was also saying that he loves the over at 209 because, you know, for that last game it was pretty high scoring. Um, I don't think it quite reached 209, but like it was pretty high scoring. The main the main reason it didn't reach 209, I'd say, would be due to the big collapse of uh, the Rockets in the second half, only getting in the 80s in points. So, like, I would think you've got to assume in a game seven that the Rockets aren't going to be that cold in the at any point in the game. Also, at uh, with about five minutes left, both teams took all their starters off the floor, so I think that definitely impacted the scoring. Right. Um. So yeah, he likes the over regardless of uh, whether Chris Paul is in the lineup or not, but um, his Golden State play and all his plays are just based off Chris Paul not being in the lineup. But you just got to remember, you know, Houston's going to throw everything they have at Golden State because it is an elimination game. Yeah, for sure. Um, is that all of Rocco's thoughts mainly? Yeah, those are his main points. All right. So... Um, for myself, in Game 7 of that series, I, I tend to agree pretty much exactly with Rocco. Um, I think, as we saw uh, by all the stars on Golden State in the second half of Game 6, that uh, they're not going to go down without a fight, and Houston really had no answer for that. Um, so I think I'll probably end up going with the uh, Houston minus six, or sorry, Golden State minus 6 line uh, as well. No way I'm taking Houston. Um, and I, I do agree that the over looks pretty tempting. Uh, maybe not for a huge play, just because, um, you know, a game seven, there might be a little more tendency for uh, some defense. But between these two teams, you never know. Like, they just go for their threes, and if they go hot, uh, 209's is an easy number to get to. Yeah, I mean, uh, what oh, would sorry. you say? Sorry, I thought. Yeah, what would you say? If you have anything else to say, finish it off. No, that's that's pretty much all. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm on the same page for the spread. I think minus six is like almost a steal at this point with um, Chris Paul out. I understand that the game's in Houston and that Golden State hasn't been play, uh, hasn't played well there. But if you look at all the games Golden State's won, they've won by more than ten points. Probably I think like fifteen, and some of them have been by twenty. So. I figure if they're going to win the game, they're going to win by at least 10. So I think my, uh, minus 6 is a pretty solid line. Um, as for the over-under, I'm kind of more tempted to s just stay away from it. Or I guess not tempted. I'm just not very intrigued by that line. I think, um, you know, Houston has the tendency to score like 80 points. And even if Golden State, you know, has a good game, that 
that could still hit the under. So I think, in my opinion, I'll stay away from it. But the spread is definitely something that I would look into. Not to get off track again, but that's a huge Brewers, Brewers win. Did you see that? Well, oh, boy. Yeah. Um, but back on track. The listeners, you just got to st- stick with us. You know, we'll have some MLB plays coming soon. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think uh, I do think that's a tough over-under line, and Golden State is should be a heavy favorite in, in Game 7. Um, do you have anything else on that game? Uh, I don't think so. I think... I mean, if reports do come out that Chris Paul is back in the lineup, um, yeah. the line's definitely going to shift. But I would still, I think that would just be even more tempting for me to take Golden State because I would say the line would probably shift to like minus four. Or, I don't know. What would you think? I would think so. I, would yeah, think so. I think some, some good money will come in on Houston. Um, but I would I would also say that like, if he, that could be a good time to, uh, if you're not sure about the line now for the Warriors, um, if they announce that Paul's going to be in and that line shifts, I would say that's like a great time to go on to the Warriors because you've got to think if Paul's in, he's going to be, you know, 50% at best. Uh, if you're not playing in game six and it doesn't look you're going to be like you're playing in game seven, you're not uh, in too good shape. Uh, so I'm going to say he's not going to be at you know top shape uh for game seven but risking risking waiting your bet on golden state could also work in the opposite way because i think more people are going to be hopping on the warriors train and that line could get shifted uh yeah more towards seven and even eight if paul does stay out until like nobody says he's coming back in i would say it will continue to go towards uh, uh the warriors favor well, I'm excited to watch uh, the Cavs game tonight for sure, and definitely that Golden State game as well. Be best two words in best two words in sports. Game seven. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, unless you got anything else to say, that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. That's about all. Uh, hopefully, we'll figure out our technical difficulties um, by uh, maybe next episode or next weekend uh, to get Rocco back on uh, the air. Um, by that time, but yeah. the NBA finals will be lined up, so we'll definitely, we'll definitely get them on for that. For sure, I think they start mid late week, um, and of course the NHL uh, playoffs all week. So good week for sports. Yeah, we'll definitely look forward to next episode, which we'll probably aim for Wednesday, where Bays will have to read off the lineup because I'm definitely going to beat him in my picks this week. But anyways, guys, this is going to wrap up episode number four. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Triple P Pod. It will be in the description below. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening.
Constellation 